Father.
up your voice right now. Come on, let it overflow tonight. We come to encounter God. Welcome to our prayer night. Hallelujah, God, we worship you in this place. We love you and we adore you, God. We exalt your holy name. We exalt your holy name, Jesus. We serve a holy God. We serve a holy God who is so involved in our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that you have your way tonight. We ask that you would move in our hearts, that you would uproot the things, dear God, in our hearts that are buried so deep that try, dear God, to hold us down. I pray in the name of Jesus for a transformation tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus that someone would be saved tonight. I pray that someone would be healed tonight. I pray for freedom. I pray for demons to flee tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray for for freedom, for liberation in the name of Jesus. Freedom from addictions, freedom from lies, from habitual lies, freedom from lies in the name of Jesus. And we silence the lies of the devil right now in Jesus' name. Satan, we call you out of your hidden place. We call you out right now in the name of Jesus and we command you to leave. Loose God's people right now in Jesus' name. God, we give you this night. We ask that you be glorified, that you be exalted, that we would draw closer to you tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, and all God's people said amen. Come on, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. We're going to get right back into prayer and worship right now. I just want you to greet your neighbor. If you don't know someone, please get to know their name. Amen. You guys having a good time tonight? God is good. Welcome to Metro Praise. This is Encounter Night. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Here at Metro Praise, we have a vision of loving God and loving people. We have a main service every Sunday at 10 a.m. Of course, we have our prayer night here. If you have children, we welcome you to bring them. We have uh, a ministry in the back that's so amazing for the boys and the girls. And then also every Friday at 7.30, we have our Elevate Youth Service. So here, of course, we're going to love God, and we want to love people. And the way that we're going to do that is connect. We're going to connect you to Jesus Christ. 
We're going to go through the 101 book with you, which is just mentoring you about Jesus Christ, how to live your life for him. And then we're going to mentor you in how to be a disciple that makes disciples. And after that step, we want to send you out to tell the world about Jesus. Amen? So we have a goal of 100,000 souls here in the city of Chicago. Isn't that awesome? With 50 churches here and 500 all around the world. And here at Metro Praise, we believe in 10% of your total income belongs to the Lord. Anything that you give after that is your offering. So if tonight, if you want to give, we welcome you to give. We have the drop boxes in the back by the cafe and right here uh, behind the sanctuary. And we just want to pray for those who are going to give. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for this night that we can gather together, Lord, as, as believers and not have to hide from other people, that we can give freely to your church without being persecuted. We thank you for the privilege of that, my God, and we thank you that we can give to your kingdom. Father, that we can help other people around this world who, to hear the gospel, my God, to preach the gospel and to live for you. We pray in Jesus' name that you bless the giver tonight. Put it on our hearts to give, to put your kingdom first, dear God, above our own. In Jesus' name, if there's financial struggle in this room, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would open doors that only you can. Give us favor, God. We ask for your help, Lord. Be blessed, dear God, and we give this unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. All right, if we can just have the light on, please. Awesome. Now we want to keep it nice. Um, today, the message of today is called God's Attribute of Purity. You guys can just repeat that after me. God's Attribute of purity. Amen. Last week, we spoke about the greatness of God. You know, on how powerful he is and how he shares that, that power with us so that we can have authority in this world um, to go forth and, and to pray for people. We can walk in his authority. And today, we're going to talk about the attribute of, of how good he is. And um, his goodness is based off of his purity. Amen. Because God can be this great, powerful God, you know, that, that just displays his splendor, but yet could care less about his children. But yet he's not like that, right? He's a good God that loves his children, that provides for his children, that rebukes and corrects his children. Um, and he is so, so involved in our lives. And um, if you give him a chance, if you open up your heart to him, you can have a relationship with this good and awesome God. And so moral purity, God's purity, can be broken up. Well, first let me describe it. His purity means it's the absolute freedom. God has absolute freedom from any kind of evil. I'm going to say that again. His purity means that God is free from any kind of evil or wickedness. So let's describe holiness. The Bible speaks of God's holiness all the time. We sing a song today about God's holiness, okay? And uh, what does it mean? We say, God, you are holy, holy, holy. It means that he's separate from all creation, okay? Although he created us, he's not, he was not created with us, right? He's separate from all of us. And so before, I've just moved ahead of myself. Purity can be defined in holiness. I want you to remember this, holiness righteousness, and purity. Okay, so right now I was describing holiness without telling you what it was. Okay, purity can be broken down in holiness, righteousness, and purity. Amen? So the first part of his holiness, it means that he is separate from all creation. 
in the, in the Hebrew, the word holiness means that he is withdrawn, to be withdrawn from the common use, okay? And God is separate from us. He's not just some ordinary God. He's far, he's seated high and above, and he is holy. If we could just turn to Isaiah 6, 1 through 4. Another part of God's holiness means that he can't be in the presence of, of any kind of evil, okay? He, he could, he could tolerate it if he wanted, but he chooses not to tolerate evil. He chooses not to tolerate sin. And so here we read in Isaiah 6, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings, and with two wings that covered their faces, two that covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Here we see that God is holy. Of course, the angels are worshiping him. He is seated high and above, and he's separate. He is separate from everything else there. And then Isaiah says the minute he sees and he realizes he's in the presence of God, he realizes his own sin. He realizes the sin of the people that he's been around, and he's saying, woe to me. I can't be here. And so what do the angels do? They come and they cleanse him from the sin. See, if you want to get to know God and you want to get closer to God, the closer you get, the more you realize your sin, and the more you want to get rid of your sin if you want to get close to God. Amen? That's God's holiness. Now we want to look at God's righteousness. This is where God's holiness is applied to his relationship with us. In God's righteousness, he established a law that he knew that we could work with. Let's turn to Psalm 19, 7 through 9. Give you guys a minute. Psalm 19, 7 through 9. Here's David speaking. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing to the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light, light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. And the decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. You see, when you love God, it's not a burden to love his law. Amen? Because his law was established to protect his children. His law was established because he knew in his righteousness what would be right for us. Amen? We, it means that God will command us what is right and what will have a positive effect on the believer. If anybody in here has any children, you understand that sometimes you, you come up with, with rules that might not seem pleasing to them at the time, but you know why you set up those rules, right? Sometimes you say you can't watch TV after a certain time because you know they need to go to sleep. 
and so they'll be refreshed the next morning. So many times, us, we don't understand that God has set up certain rules and certain commandments on why we shouldn't act a certain way as believers because he knows the outcome. He knows the beginning and he knows the end. Amen? His righteousness means that he acts even according to the law that he has established. God's not going to say one thing and then act a different way. All right, let's turn to Genesis 18.25. Genesis 18.25. Let me just turn there. Here's Abraham talking. And he's crying out to God on behalf of the city of Sodom because his nephew lives there. And so he's interceding and he says, Far be it from you, he's talking to God, to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of the earth do right? So when you pray, you can hold God to his word, right? Because of his righteousness, you know that God will always act according to his, righteous, to his righteousness. And so if you continue reading, you find out that God does spare the few righteous that were left in that city. God is a good God. So even in the toughest of situations that you might be in, and you think that God is, is totally turned his back on you, he knows what he's doing. He's sovereign, and he's acting out in his righteousness, and you think he's not answering you, and you might think he's not listening. But this whole time, he has a plan for you. And this entire time, he's being righteous, who he said he would be. Amen? So in his purity, we've looked at his holiness, that he's separate, He's not like any other God. He's not mute like some gods are in the Bible. Amen. He's not man-made. He's set apart. He cannot tolerate sin. That's part of his holiness. He chooses not to be a part of it. And in his holiness, he acts in righteousness. And he acts like that towards us. He acts right towards us. And he's established a law. And in this law, he chooses us to follow it. Then comes his justice. This is God himself acting according to the law and now telling his people to act according to the law. That's justice. God leads his kingdom in his justice. And he requires all of us to do so. In many religions, you know, there's people, oh, they're holy, they're the priests, they're the ones who do all the holy acts. But God, this God, the one that's involved in our lives, says, no, 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 I'm holy, you be holy too, amen? Each act of sin that, that is outside God's righteousness, every act that is outside of him, who, what he said was right, will be punished. Every sin, every act of wickedness, every bit of cruelty, every lie that it's ever been told will be face to face with God and God will have justice on that day. All throughout this Bible, there are warnings from Genesis when God says, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Guess what? They ate of that tree. What died that instant was their spirit. They knew they were naked and they had sinned before a holy God. There's consequences to our sin. Romans 6.23 said, the wages of sin is death. We say, how can a good God punish someone? He's a holy God. He's a holy God who will have his day if we choose not to repent of our actions. 
We don't understand the God that we serve on a Sunday morning and we think we can play games with him. We can come to church and we can fool around. He is a holy God. He is pure. He is righteous. He is set apart. And he knows our heart when we choose to play with him. Today, if you are backsliding, if you have not accepted God, I beckon you to come, and I beckon you to get on your knees, cry out to Jesus for forgiveness. Let's turn to Hebrews 10.26. If we are children of God, I'm sorry, let's turn to 1 John 3. I've changed my mind. Can you just put it up there for us, please, 1 John 3? If we are children of God, we should act like him. Amen. First John 3, 7 says, Dear children, do not en- let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Well, I don't think some of us heard that. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Have you seen God? Have you felt his presence? Have you heard his voice in the midnight hour? But yet we continue to act like the enemy. God, Jesus Christ died so that he would destroy the devil's work, not so we could be comfortable in it, not so we can come back to God each and every night, repenting for the same sin over and over again. It makes God puke. It makes God sick. The Bible says in Revelations that he will spit us out of his mouth if we remain in that situation. Hebrews 10, 26, if we can turn there. God is not playing. And in his mercy, one day the Bible says his mercy will not be there. Hebrews 10, 26 says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after We have received the knowledge of the truth. No sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sacrificed them and who has insulted the spirit of grace. We trample on him. We spit on him. We insult him when we continue acting like the devil, when we are children of God now, when we've heard his voice, when he's extended his mercy. This is a just God that we deal with. He's good. If you don't know him today or you feel like you're in this repetitive cycle of sin, of lies, of sexual immorality, debauchery, come on, idolatry, anything else, 
God has mercy for you on this day. The Bible says that today is a day of salvation. Amen? You don't know what tomorrow brings. His, in his justice, he will have his day. And he does not play favorites. Whether rich or poor, whether you have a nice, beautiful degree, a diploma hung over your desk, it does, he does not care. The Bible says he does not show favorites. So we need to get right with him. You say, okay, so God is, is holy and he's just and he's righteous. And how does that apply to you? We must act like him. Amen. We must represent him when we go out into this world as he is. Let's turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1. First Peter 1, 13 says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. Well, that's not right. I'm sorry. One thirteen it says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Amen. I'm going to keep reading. It says, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Amen? We're called to be holy. We're called to be set apart. Many times we blend in, don't we? Many times we look for ways to just hide out and just be the quiet one. We're set apart. We're not of this world. The Bible says that our citizenship is not in this world, but it's in heaven. Many times if you feel like you don't belong, it's because you shouldn't belong. And if you look so much like this world, then something's not right. God has called us out. And yes, he is wonderful and he is so big and he is so good, but he's calling us to be like him. When you walk out of the house, you represent your mother, you represent your father, you represent, you know, I represent my husband when I leave the house. Well, we represent God. Amen. And when we're out on the streets and we're acting crazy, cursing someone out at the clubs or just doing things we shouldn't be doing, we're representing Jesus Christ. Amen. That's, that should not be. Let's be the disciples that God has called us to be. Walk like Jesus walked. Amen. If there's sin in your life, cut it off because it's going to pull you down. Get accountability. Get on your knees. Day and night, talk to God. The same God you believe to heal you is the same God that can set you free from sin. Amen? The same God that you're expecting to show up when, the, when payday comes is the same God that can show up when you're about to watch pornography. That's the same God that can give you the strength to walk away from it. Let's be righteous wherever we go. 
Let's represent God. Let's not play favorites with people. Proverbs 11.4 says, Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Righteousness delivers from death. If we act in righteousness, and not a righteousness of our own, but the righteousness that Jesus gives us, come on, it's going to deliver us from death. And justice, let us be just like he is just. And sharing that with all people, and as well, us not playing favorites. And James 2.9 says, but if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law. Today, if you feel like you're not representing God as you should here on this world, if you feel like you've failed and you've given your life over to some sin, talk to God. It's not about us. It's not about leaders. It's not about our pastors. It's about your relationship with God and one day facing him face to face. And you will be judged and no one else will be there and you can't blame it on your children. You can't blame it on your husband. It will be you and God. And everything you've ever said and every act you've ever committed will be laid before you and you will be judged by it. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get right with God and go after him with all that you have. And after this day, let your life represent Jesus Christ like never before. Catch the fire of the Holy Spirit and just go with it. Let God use your life for something. There's only one life that we get in this world. Let us represent Jesus Christ and him alone. So before we pray and intercede, get into holy huddles, rapid fire, I want to open up these altars right now, and I want to invite you to come talk to God yourself. I want to invite you to ask God to uproot every bit of sin in your life that you know you've been holding on to and allow him to set you free. Bitterness, pride, hurt, unbelief, lack of faith, doubt, lies. Come on, God wants to set a liar free tonight. Come on, I was, that was me. I used to love to lie before I came to Christ and God set me free. That's not playing games. He's serious about your heart. You're either going to give him all of it or none of it. What's it going to be? Come on, Heavenly Father, I just come to you and I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would be here tonight and you would work inside of our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray for conviction, dear God, if we're not right with you. And your mercy and grace, dear God, to approach your throne right now, to cry out to you, Jesus. I pray for humility in this room. God, that we would lay everything bare before you because you are the God that searches both minds and hearts. You see what nobody else sees. You know our deepest secret. You know our fears, dear God, and our worries. Help us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm going to give you the next five minutes right now. Just come to the Lord.
Come on, just a few more minutes, just you and God right now. Let him speak to you. Pour out your heart and give him a minute to just speak into your heart. want to open up the altars right now if you need prayer of any kind if you're in this place and you're saying i need jesus i need to be born again my husband and i would love to pray with you by the crimson stain upon your own you're in this room and you every nail you want freedom
need prayer you can just stay here we want to transition into a time of um, holy huddles you guys can just find a, a group women with women and men with men groups of two two to three we're actually gonna change it up a little bit today we want to give specific prayer requests to each group many people who need healing in their bodies so as you get into your groups Tina is going to pass out the prayer requests I want you guys to really focus on these prayers I want each and every person to take a turn praying for these people who are relying on God and trusting God to heal their bodies we're also praying for our churches the persecuted church the underground church who is being persecuted we're praying for China who is uh, looking for every way to just outlaw Christianity through persecution, shutting down home churches. So I want you to really press in.
just bring our our holy huddles to a close. Before we go and we end this night, I want to invite each and every person up here to the mic. I want to turn rapid fire today into a time where we pray for one person in our life who does not know the Lord. So I want to invite you guys up here to the mic. You guys just want to lead it out. 30 to 60 seconds. Crying out to God to save somebody in your life. A friend, a family, a family member, a coworker. Just believing God to do something mighty in their life this year. That they would be saved. That they would escape the flames of hell because God's hand just stretched out and they took it. Amen. So just come on up here right now. 30 to 60 seconds. We're going to end out the night just praying for our brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, co-workers. Amen.
Amen. Come on, let's just keep an agreement with them. Let's keep it at 30 to 60 seconds so everybody gets a chance to pray.
love them, Lord, but I know that you love them more, Lord God. And Lord, I'm asking you right now, Lord Father God, that you will break all the generational curses, Lord Father God. I ask you right now that you will loosen all the chains, Lord Father God, that has them bound, Lord Father God. Lord, that you will open their eyes, Lord Father God, and their ears, so that they may hear and see what you want them to see and hear, Lord. No matter who you use, Lord Father God, but you will put a seed in them, Lord Father God, and water it, Lord Father God. Let your will be done, and I give them to you because they belong to you, Lord Father God. And I will stand in the gap for them, Lord Father God. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God, we just lift up my brother to you, Victor, Father, and I just declare salvation upon his soul. I pray that he would hate the things of this world and love you. I pray that he would give up every excuse on why he doesn't want to serve you. In Jesus' name, I declare him saved. And God, we just declare this week yours, Lord. I pray that you help us to draw closer to you. I pray that we would act like you, dear God. We would be like children of the light, dear God. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us in every conversation, dear God, in every choice that we have to make, Lord. We trust you, we thank you, and we glorify you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give the Lord just some praise. Isn't he good? Amen. I want to welcome you guys just to, to stay here and just to soak in God's presence and you feel God's not done with you. Come on, this is Elijah. You guys love Elijah? Come on, he wants to pray. You want to pray, Elijah? Okay, who are you going to pray for? Amen. God, we pray for Elizabeth. Bless her, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, guys, feel free to soak in God's presence. Read your word. Journal. Just write down what God is doing in your life right now. And feel free to fellowship in the back. If you need to talk, if you need some counseling, uh, we're here for you as well. Have a good night, and we'll see you at Life Groups and at church. Bye-bye.